A man is being explained a local legend. In it, a single woman has climbed the largest mountain in his world, Mount Alston, and claims she observed what seemed to be a large bubble enveloping the earth. She went on to explain that the world outside of the bubble was very different and almost unexplainable. Nothing seemed to make sense. Unfortunately, the woman has since died, and nobody else has been able to climb this massive mountain since. We're left to wonder, was she lying, misunderstood, or telling the truth? It was only by finding a way up the mountain that we were able to confirm this legend. Similarly is the struggle when we attempt to determine a god's role in creating the universe. Alright, this is the Refining Reason Podcast. I'm Paul Hemmelstrand, and on today's episode, I'll be talking about the Kalam Cosmological Argument. Alright, so <clears throat> you've probably heard the phrase, uh, it couldn't have just come from nothing. The uh, universe didn't just come to be, and everything just happened by chance, and everything just magically came uh, together in this natural order. And that's largely what the Kalam Argument addresses. Uh, <coughs> it's based on the original cosmological argument. Uh, well, I'll say a form of the cosmological argument where it's addressing causation. And with causation, there's really only two possible things you can come to, which is either there are an infinite amount of causes, um, there's just never a beginning, or there is a, a finite amount of causes, and there is an uncaused cause. Uh, so the background for this argument is it kind of started with Aristotle, who developed the unmoved-mover principle, which is the idea that things came into motion, and there had to have been something that set that motion off. That got passed down down the line, and uh, eventually... Uh, Islamic theologian named Al-Ghazali, I probably messed his name up, <laughs> uh, he came up with uh, what Dr. Craig based this argument from. That went to uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, he talked more about stuff like contingency, and then that eventually led to Dr. Craig. So Dr. William Link Craig is probably one of the most famous uh, Christian apologetics, and along with him, Frank Turek and another of other apologists use this argument to try to explain the existence of the universe through God. And what it's doing is using the cosmological argument developed before and then adding another argument on top of it. Uh, so the original argument is a deductive one, which is uh, whatever begins to exist has a cause, and the universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe has a cause. And then, so the add-on argument to this is that the universe has a cause, and if the universe has a cause, then an uncaused, personal creator, absent the universe, exists who is beginningless, changeless, immaterial, timeless, spaceless, and enormously powerful. I know that was a lot. <laughs> um, and those combine into the conclusion, which is an uncaused personal creator of the universe exists, who absent the universe is beginningless, timeless, etc., etc., the same stuff as before. 
Uh, so first off, I'm not a physicist, and neither is Dr. Craig from what I know. Uh, but he uses scientific terms as long as phil philosophical ones, but he'll use scientific terms to try to cover this subject, but isn't using them in the same way that the science community actually does. Um, but outside of that, we'll, we'll get to the actual points of the argument. Uh, <clears throat> so... The first argument, depending how you, you were and all that, it, it has one conclusion, but that depends if you accept the premises. Uh, I'm fine with them for the most part, uh, but I'm not necessarily sure we could prove that uh, the universe has a cause based on that. I think that's more inductive than anything, and I'll talk about that. The second one to me, um, when it, it starts off with the personal creator, this to me is the biggest problem with it uh, because it is unsound. And it's unsound because we have no evidence, no observations, no testable theories to address whether there was a personal creator or how a personal creator could even be defined. Uh, but nevertheless, Dr. Craig and others use this as a premise for this argument. And I'm not entirely sure why. Or how it's supposed to be convincing. Uh, second, he's basically addressing that something can be contingent and not contingent at the same time. And what I mean by that is uh, he is essentially saying that the universe um, or that everything has a cause, but in this special case that um, there is a God and he himself is uncaused. Which is, which violates the law of non-contradiction. Something can't be something and something else at the same time. It can't be true and also untrue, for example. Uh, or the Earth can't be round and unround at the same time. So, yeah, he basically tries to get around this, from what I can tell, by saying that to accept that there could be infinite causes is that that devolves into an infinite regress and i argue that that's not the case one of us i would say is engaging in special pleading but special pleading is the idea that you are bringing exception to an argument um, without an explanation and i feel in my case there is an exception in his case there isn't it's just, in his, it's just, there's a personal agent, um, and that's it. He just leaves it there. So a little clarity here. When I'm talking about special pleading, I'm referring to his rejection of the concept of nothing. He says something cannot come from nothing in many of his arguments, whereas there are arguments for it, such as Lawrence Krauss's book, Universe from Nothing, that explain the idea of nothing and that it doesn't necessarily exclude everything. In my case, I'm trying to explain that it is possible for something to have an infinite regress when it comes to causes, whereas Dr. Craig is asserting that it is necessary for an uncaused cause to happen and doesn't demonstrate this. Back to the episode. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so like universal arguments are, are inductive by nature because there's only one example of it. As far as we know, we've only observed or 
or demonstrated one universe coming to an existence. So to base a deductive argument that they are necessarily, um, or that they have to have some type of cause at one point, or an uncaused cause at one point, um, can't really be demonstrated that way. Um, even so, even if you applied his logic, uh, you could still have a universe that, or a, something that caused the universe, and then that was caused by a deity or something else. Um, so the, the idea that he's just using it specifically for this universe is a little bit strange, but it does fall that we only have, we've only observed one beginning to a universe. So I'll at least concede on that. Um, Oh, so in addition, uh, the, the first argument is is based on cause and effect. It, it's not actually demonstrating anything about um, a god. Even in his his second part or second argument, even if you draw this to believe that it is a god, it's not stating that it has to be a specific god. Whether it's one based on Christianity or some other one. It's not necessarily excluding polytheism because there could have been one god that turned into multiple gods or birthed other gods or something along those nature. Um, it doesn't rule out that a god could have existed and then uh, ceased to exist after this creation started. Um, and there's all kinds of other examples that you could just insert without evidence just as he has that likewise make no sense saying for example that a unicorn had to have started the universe or you know my uncle bob started the universe neither of these have any demonstration or observational value and so they can't be used for this argument uh yeah so what I mean about the scientific explanation is he's really hung up on this word called nothing. And something that needs to be explained is there's the philosophical and the theological version of nothing, which is literally the absence of anything. And there's the scientific definition of, of nothing, which in some cases either just absence of space and time or um, more commonly that there is no matter and subsequently no space and time. But it's not saying that everything came from absolutely nothing. You still acknowledge that there are still things that could have been present at the time of the Big Bang, such as gravity and other factors. Some theories, such as quantum funneling, uh, address this. And it's largely to do with the reason why we examine uh, particle physics. Or quantum physics, I'm sorry. Uh, so, when he's or when he's talking about nothing, he's not saying that nothing happened before the Big Bang. Um, there is no actual scientific uh, acceptance of a idea of what happened before the Big Bang, if there was something. But they're not saying that nothing literally means absolutely nothing. I want to kind of drill that in um, because that's largely what the argument is based off of. So. We extrapolate that there could be like what we would consider the cosmos or an omniverse, which is something that would be kind of like a background for a universe is to form. And in this case, it could hold special properties that wouldn't be inclusive in this universe, 
we have cause and effect here, but it might necessarily be the case that there could be infinite causes. And a uh, little thought experiment to kind of put this in perspective it is you can imagine that there's an ant, for example, that's in a vacuum. And this vacuum is completely sealed up and the ants can't find a way to observe anything outside the vacuum. They can't get out of the vacuum. Nothing that they do from inside the vacuum can demonstrate certain effects on the outside. And yet we know that if we went outside the vacuum, there are properties such as light. Um, there's objects like trees. There's the idea of an earth. There's an idea of space. There's all kinds of qualities that you would find outside of this vacuum uh, that are absent in this model. And likewise with the cosmos, you could have properties that don't necessarily get attributed to uh, a single universe. That's kind of what they kind of get into in the idea with uh, the idea of nothing being necessarily uh, unstable because they'll assert notions, for example, that the amount of gravity that was present at the Big Bang could have made the what we understand about physics not true anymore. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so again he uses this idea of a personal agent and what he usually says with about it is that it has to be a personal agent because something had to have decided to put it all into effect and once again you would have to demonstrate how that specifically is the case i already mentioned that we don't have an, an explanation on whether it even is a personal agent but in addition to that that a personal agent would have been necessary because something had to have made a decision to cause it all and I believe that's really just borrowed from the unmoved mover. But unmoved mover, the principle that I stated from the beginning about Aristotle and his idea. But yeah, even if we did, it, it's, not excluding, it's not excluding anything else that could have caused it. Like I said, with the cosmos or a litany of other explanations where something could have caused the universe and instead he's just asserting that um, a deity would have had to been the cause. Uh, so I guess I'll kind of touch in the last part of this that like why why would I care about this? Why, why does it matter to me? Um, likewise in some other religious discussions that I'll have about theology, it, it's for me the importance of understanding the world around you and when you accept one bad idea it can manipulate other ideas that you can hold and that's more in line why i'm having these is uh, i want people to have a logical basis for whatever beliefs they have and to reject things like this when they can be demonstrated to be untrue so i'll leave it with this conclusion before i get into the q a we may never know how the cosmos works in its entirety, but we are left with what we can observe and test. Based on the arguments presented by Dr. Craig, I'm left to deny the explanation that God was necessary for the cosmos to be. There is, at this time, no way to determine it is, not in fact, just is, out of necessity. Alright, so that'll be it for the topic portion. I'm not sure if anyone is actually in the channel right now, but... If you have any questions, just let me know.
and I'll address them accordingly. But if you are watching this uh, on the YouTube version, you can subscribe to this channel and you can watch future videos about this. I will probably do religious ones about once a month, maybe less often depending how I feel about it. Um, I don't want to kind of hammer into the atheism topics too much because I don't want this to just be an atheist channel. I want it to be overall about skepticism. But I will try to make some type of playlist that involves just that if that's all you're here for. Uh, but yeah, I do this every Friday at 7.30 p.m. And uh, it's at twitch.tv slash refining underscore reason. I upload that usually the same day on YouTube. And if you're interested in just the audio version only, I also have it on the Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. So yeah, that's going to be it for today. Thanks for coming in. And uh, I also want to say thanks for all the subscribers that did come in, if you are watching this, that uh, I appreciate you showing your support. And uh, yeah, that's it.